This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Zach and I's new college we're opening up where the only degree is a degree in being fucking cool. A man cannot unsee the truth. He cannot willingly return to darkness or go blind once he has the gift of sight. Any more than he can be unborn. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits the Podcast. The only podcast that, I don't know, I don't have anything prepared, but Eels. <laughs> yeah, the only podcast that bathes with eels. I'm ah, Frank. I'm Zach. And today we are doing a cure for wellness. Mm-hmm. I did not know period blood attracts eels, though. I didn't know eels were real. What? No, I knew eels were real, but I don't, I don't know. I didn't know eels were this fucking intense. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Zach, give us a rundown, and, uh, and then I'll give us whatever I always do. Whatever, okay. Whatever this is. Uh, so, A Cure for Wellness came out in 2017, directed by Gore Verbinski. You have not a lot of people in this film, at least not a lot of people that matter. Um, really, you just have Dane DeHaan, who plays Lockhart, Mia Goth, who plays Hannah, Jason Isaacs, who plays Volmer, the main antagonist, and Harry Groner, who plays Pembroke, mm-hmm. which is pretty much the entire reason why they're there. Yeah, and this is a movie about an ambitious young executive who was sent to retrieve his company CEO from an idyllic but mysterious wellness center uh, at a remote location in the Swiss Alps. Um, but then he begins to suspect that the spa's treatments are not what they seem. Bomb, bomb, bomb. I thought this movie was okay. I actually really enjoyed this movie. Okay, so um, I, I, I'm good. I, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I, I thought the movie was just all right. Like I feel like there was some missed potential. And there was. You know what? You know what? I think it's funny because I have a comparison to make. Mm-hmm. Shutter Island. No, well, I think it's better than Shutter Island. I didn't. I, oh, really? I, I really like. I've actually recently re rewatched Shutter Island, mm-hmm. and like that movie has not aged well. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there are some like things in that movie where it's like, wow, this does not look good. Um, but it's funny because my comparison is that of uh, this kind of feels like a Guillermo del Toro film. A and, little. And you really like Guillermo del Toro and I'm like iffy on him. So mm-hmm. like it, I feel like it and now makes sense that you really liked it. And is I was it just like, because eh. of the eels and tentacles shit? No, no, no. It's just like it's everything. It's like how there's like multiple storylines, mm-hmm. the, the, the set pieces – uh, the villain at the end yeah. felt very like Guillermo del Toro. Okay, yeah. It felt very I, like Pan's Labyrinth almost. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just like a lot of things that I that I felt like, yeah, yeah, this definitely feels kind of like inspired by Guillermo. There were a lot of shots in this film too. I don't know if you noticed, there were a lot of shots that were just like really awesome for oh, no, no this, reason. This, yeah, like, <laughs> like, like, like the train, the train shot the, is incredible. Amazing. Yeah. Like one of the Best things I've seen in a while, like shot wise. Yeah, immediately. Like and I'm that, like, why? I agree. Like, they're the the movie is gorgeous. There yeah. are the the set designs are incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many beautiful scenes in this in this movie. Um, and there's incredible gore too. Yeah, yeah. I really I I enjoyed a lot of this movie, mm-hmm. but I feel like there were some missed opportunities. Um, so I don't know. Like, I have I have I have a lot more praises. Yeah. Than than negatives. So I kind of want to get my negatives out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um. So my 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 two major issues, one of them I kind of already mentioned was that the amount of subplots, I felt yeah. like we were kind of like just not like there, this movie has a lot to say. Mm-hmm. Like it's really trying to comment on like us as Americans and like how much we work and and then all about like the finance industry and Wall Street and stuff like that. Right. And then you have like this this like mystery element of mm-hmm. like 
what's going on here? And then you also have, like, Lockhart's, like, father issues going on. Yeah. It's, like, him trying to, like, deal with that. But they never really, they like, never re- you delve never, into yeah, it Yeah, you never, much. like, really get, you know, uh, like, any type of closure with it. Um, so it just feels like there was a lot of stuff going on. And I felt like if we kind of just kept it to the core of, mm-hmm. like, hey, let's just focus on what's going on here. Yeah. Like, because the mystery aspect of it, it's actually really cool. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was compelling enough. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? I'm I'm enjoying this part of the movie. But, like, once we start getting into, like, like the other stuff, I'm like, all right, let's get back to, like, the mystery stuff. Because that's really where, like, the meat and potatoes is. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, this, while I think this film was paced pretty well, yeah. I think it could have done a little bit better by cutting out a half an hour. Yeah. Like, the whole bar scene, I really did Unnecessary. All it was was for Hannah to be like, oh, hey, I don't need to live yeah. in this weird insane asylum, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, like... That's all that scene, like, that's all that 30-minute scene really set up for. Yeah. Because it was just then, like, Lockhart talking to the vet, who isn't really a good vet. He's just kind of, like, putting shit out of its misery. <laughs> just to be like, oh, yeah, like, these bones, they ain't good. Like, these <laughs> teeth would just fell out. <laughs> and it's like, wow, well, I cool. Mean, there is, like, a point to it because well, he's yes. talking about, like, dehydration. Like, the, like that's where yeah. you get, like, the dehydration thing, which that aspect I thought was incredible. Yeah, I mean, the mystery point of it was, like, really, really cool, like, trying to figure it out. Yeah. It's just... Up until, like, 15 minutes before the movie was over, I still had no idea what the fuck the connection was. Really? And that's the point. I felt like like a half hour in, I was like, I feel like I kind of know exactly I, what's I going just, on. I didn't, get, <laughs> I didn't get until the end, like, the connection between eels and these people. Like, I was just like, cool, yeah. I'm, I'm with it, I'm still intrigued, but what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, and then my last major complaint of the film... Um, is that I, I felt like the writing was just like too on the nose. A little. I mean, so the the main character of Dane DeHaan playing Lockhart. Yeah. Like he's just so douchey <laughs> to kind of like get behind as a main character. Yeah. And I, that's, that's I agree. That's where I have like a little bit of issue. Also, the premise of like, hey, you walk, you work for a law firm, but we need you to go to Switzerland to bring this guy back. Yeah doesn't seem like it happens very often. <laughs> like, if it was something where it's like, oh, he's playing, like, a journalist trying to, like, get a story on it. Okay, I can believe that. Yeah. But you're going here to bring someone back. You don't have people to do that for you. It's yeah. got to be you who works at the law firm. Right. Um, but, yeah, back to, like, the writing thing. Like, I felt like the writing was a little on the nose and, like, not very... Like, for a film that's trying to give you, like, a mystery element, mm-hmm. I feel like they're kind of spoon-feeding you a lot through dialogue. Mm-hmm. And they're not letting you make the connections yourself. Like, and, like, this is just, like, one example of just, like, how I found the writing kind of annoying was the, um, the scene where Lockhart is driving in the car with the guy who kind of, like, brings him up the mountain yeah. the first time, right? He's, like, driving up the mountain, and they get into a conversation about fathers and how important fathers are and how integral they, they are in, like, playing a role in, like, your childhood and your development. And then the guy, the driver goes, like, you know, like, don't you agree with me? And Lockhart responds with, I wouldn't know. <laughs> and then he turns and looks out the window mm-hmm. And he takes like a dramatic pause and then he goes, I didn't have a father. <laughs> it's like we yeah. we got what you were saying from the I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't I wouldn't know. OK, now we us as an audience have now made the connection that clearly you you didn't have a father figure growing up. And then on top of that, you have to go. 
I didn't have a father. Yeah. And like, there's just scenarios like that, like throughout the movie where it's like, you're not leaving anything like you're just spoon feeding the audience like hey like we need to make sure that the audience is fully understanding every single thing but like in a film like this i felt like it could have benefited a little bit from pulling back a little Mm. bit and not spoon feeding us everything because at the end like once everything comes together if you're paying attention you can pretty much make all the connections yeah and that's the thing too like with a mystery like that's the whole point is that we make the connections so we'd have that aha moment just as much as the characters do yeah and I, I get what you mean where it's like they were kind of like spoon feeding you a lot with it. Yeah. Especially too with like later on where it's like, oh, like the the elixir that they like drop yeah. on their tongue and yeah. like literally explaining what it is. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Um, the only other thing that I found like odd, and this is my last like con to the movie, yeah. was the actual like the final shot in the scene was confusing um, with uh, Lockhart and Hannah riding on the bike and Lockhart has that smile. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if <laughs> Dandy Han like just has that creepy smile because everything else I've seen him in, he has like this weird smile to him. Yeah. Or that was like supposed to be like an evil intent ending. Yeah. Kind of like because now he has the eels in him. So maybe he kind of thinks the way that everybody else did. Yeah. Well, he definitely does because yeah. like, they make that implication where like, where he's sitting with her and she says something to him and he's and he ends up going like, you know, why would anybody ever want to leave yes. this place? So it's like clearly like he's not all there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying with like it's a little confusing. But other than like those things, like I really enjoyed like the aesthetic and oh, like yeah. the craziness of the film mm-hmm. because like they go full blown like a clockwork orange oh yeah like it's full-on like cult shit and it's insane like one of my favorite scenes is the the whole thing with the tooth teeth yeah yeah oh my god i'd never thought that they would actually show the drilling of it yeah and it was amazing I i was really happy that they like fully committed to it and that's why too like later on after like lockhart gets the eels in him and like hannah comes over and sits with him and it's like oh, why would anybody want to leave? And he smiles and his teeth are fine again. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, like such a cool touch to this film. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, when they have like the restraints on him and Mm -hmm. they got his like face all jacked up, I mean, it's just, it's incredible. And then when they start draining him of his like minerals, basically, I mean, it's- In the iron lung. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. And they show you, like they show you everything, like them shoving the tube down his throat the entire way. And it's Mm -hmm. like- I really praise the movie for like fully committing to like actually giving you the goods mm-hmm. because there's not like in this type of movie you need to show us that yeah especially too when it's like it is a mystery and you're just giving us like bits and pieces of actual gore and actual conflict yeah like we need to see that yeah and I think it was a cool touch too to have like Lockhart have like a broken leg throughout the film yeah where he kind of has to like hobble and like sneak his way around the place right because well, it makes the it makes the and or the the protagonist feel just that much more vulnerable mm-hmm. like he's trying to uncover like a like a mystery element but he he's he's, he's handicapped yeah so like he can't run like and, and that like there's a great scene where he gets into like that kind of like um all, it's right it's right before the tooth thing 
mm-hmm. where he's like in like that, you know, like no, like you can't come here type in. And, you know, they have like signs everywhere or whatever. He's like trying to sneak around and he ends up like knocking over like the shelf and like knocks over all the elixirs and stuff like that. Yeah. Like that element of like him being handicapped and not being able to run away fast, like just really heightens the um, the adrenaline. Yeah. And the t- intensity of it. Yeah. Even too, like when he's trying to get the file from or about Pembroke yeah. and the doctor comes back in and he's got it in this back pocket, but he's like holding onto the necklace and looking at it. Yeah. It's like, Ooh, very tense to yeah. be like, okay, he can't like run or hide or anything. Yeah. He just has to kind of like be out in the open to yeah. show it. Mm-hmm. And I, and I love like, it's maybe it's a little stereotypical because it kind of feels like every type of film that kind of like deals with any type of, you know, like mental, you know, insane asylum, although that's not really what this is, but Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, like, like everybody dressed in like their clean white outfits. Like, I don't know, there was something about it. And then like the aesthetic of the film is like very like green Mm -hmm. and like them in their all white outfits. I don't know. Like it really just makes everything kind of like pop and just like, they seem like so like well-intended people. Like, like the doctor, so nice. Yeah. Volmer is so nice yeah. throughout most of it mm-hmm. until he wants to fuck his daughter. Yeah. yeah and then he much. has an eel face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But before that, charming. <laughs> um, and, you know, like, yeah, like him, it's just like, it's just very, very, uh, I don't know. There's just something about it where it's like this movie made me want to like kind of like I, I, I sat with it and I kind of mm. want to watch it again. Just for like the aesthetic purposes yeah. and like the camera work and the set designs because there's, I mean, when he's in the fucking tank and all the eels come out, amazing, incredible, like for no reason too. like, this was such a underground film. I feel like to a lot of people. Yeah. Cause I don't think it was out too, too long. If anything in the theaters and then it sat on Netflix for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And like, there's so much going for this film that yeah. nobody talks about. Yeah. And while you can make the comparison that like, it is basically like Shutter Island it does have enough where it's like it really stands out on its own. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, the like the uncovering of like the fountain of youth—that's kind of basically what this film is about, yeah. right? And and like him being the one that like they're they're hundreds and hundreds of years old, mm-hmm. and the daughter being physically older but mentally not. Yeah. I thought that was like really, really like smart. Yeah. And it, it poses like a cool question too. Cause it's like now that Lockhart and Hannah have left, like now that she doesn't have the elixir, what does that mean for her? Is she just going to like age rapidly right. or is she just going to start aging now? Right. Yeah. And it's really cool. And then what does it mean for Lockhart who has the eels inside of him? So he has that craziness from when he tries to tell everybody and they're like, we're not well, we're not well. Like, yeah that really cool scene of like, okay, you know, they're all basically brainwashed. Yeah. So does he have more evil intent now? Yeah. And it it leaves you with like this really cool extra mystery of like what could happen next with no explanation. Yeah. And that's always nice in a mystery film Mm -hmm. because you get like that little extra where you're like, shit, I got to rewatch this to see if I pick up any more pieces. Yeah. And I think that this movie definitely merits like a second or third watch because Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that again, like there's a lot going on. So, and I mean, there's just, and like, even like from the beginning, like I, I love how it sets up like this kind of like little utopian kind of like society that they kind of have going on. And when he goes, when Lockhart is like, he, he has like the, the broken leg 
and he, he first off he like drinks the the water mm-hmm. and then he sees like the little tiny little like you know <laughs> the baby eel yeah inside the inside the water droplet and he's like okay that's whatever strange and then he starts like walking around and then when he makes it into like the steam rooms oh it's so and he's cool. walking and then the walls everything like the maze just kind of starts like moving almost around him and then the walls start closing and the entrances don't exist anymore and then he's locked in the room and then eventually it like clears up and whatever i mean the deer walks by the, yeah too. the deer is oh. really cool Right it's again like, for no reason. This movie is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a re- there is a lot to love about this film mm. for sure. Um, and I love. I mean, the ending. I thought again, like I wasn't. I wasn't sure that they were gonna like fully commit, mm-hmm. but they do. Yeah, I mean, just like burning the entire yeah, place burning down. the whole place down. He's literally about to rape his daughter. And then Lockhart comes in and like he he even says he's like she's your fucking daughter. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I know because there's that whole thing of like the Baron and like the pure bloodline. Yeah, and, and like it brings like a cool historical piece to it too. So the movie again like the resort feels like it's set in the 40s, but like it's present day. And then you yeah. have like this extra element of like basically like medieval times. Yeah, situation exactly. Yeah, it's cool. And, you know, you have, like, the other... I don't remember her name, but she was, like, the lady that was, like, also trying to uncover... She was, like, the one with, Oh, like, Victoria. Yeah. She was, like, uncovering all of, like, the little mm-hmm. mister... Like, the little... Uh, she was doing, like, the... What are they called? Sudokus and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and and she was, like, trying to piece it together. And then they clearly just took her out because she was, like, trying to uncover shit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. There, there's, there was really, a really lot to love. It's just... I just don't think that it hit the mark on every single thing. No. And that's why, like, I give it, like, eight and a half yeah. little ballerinas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but the end was great like mm-hmm. the burning of like the burning down of of the entire place weird that like the ceos came though and was like what have you done Lockhart? yeah i thought that was kind of like dumb truthfully yeah. and it's like when they get to the like i thought it was so dumb when he when he like hits them with the bike and then he falls mm-hmm. off the bike i was like oh come on like, yeah because it's them trying to bring him back to reality and at this point like he's kind of seen too much and he yeah. says that too it's like my eyes are open and you can't unsee the truth now yeah so yeah, he he kind of like has to escape from reality and like go live his life as somebody else now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's there's a lot to this film, and and clearly the writers and director were like really trying to like you know say something. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if they nailed it. Uh, yeah. I, I might have to like rewatch it a few times to like really feel like you know. But on uh, on my first watch, I think there was some misses, mm-hmm. but overall. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm glad that I watched it. Yeah, it's a, it was a definitely like a really intense uh, little psychological thriller that has like some really really incredible set designs and awesome, like you said, like there's just so many just awesome fucking sh- <laughs> like shots. There really is like, and and if if you get nothing else from it, just to, like just to watch it for like the scenes and the sets. I mean, that's like worth price of admission. You know, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Cool. So I'm glad that uh. That, that the risk paid off. Yeah, you took not, a shot in the dark, and yeah. you know what? You hit something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So, I have a recommendation. Mm-hmm. Um, As you always seem to. Uh, what a dick. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, I have a recommendation of an album that I actually hated, mm-hmm. like, for a long time. And uh, it's it was an album that I was so excited for when, when it dropped, and I listened to it the day that it came out, and... I was like, this is garbage. And then like a month went by and I was like, I need to try it again. And then I was like, this is garbage. <laughs> and then like, and then I was like, like a few months back, actually, I was like, I was talking to my girlfriend and I was like, I want to give it one last shot. Mm-hmm. Like, this is it. Like, this is the final thing. Like, if, if I hate it, then it, then it's done. I listened to it again. I was like, this is trash. 
And then like two days ago or three days ago, I was like, I'm going to give it one final <laughs> shot. <laughs> Giving a lot to this. Yeah, I know. And, um, and for some reason, something happened and it all just like clicked. And I was mm-hmm. like, I actually think I enjoy this album a lot more than I originally did. And I'm talking about Arctic Monkeys Hotel. Um, it's called Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. Mm, yeah. And, we've talked about this. And it's it's a weird, weird album mm-hmm. because it, I think it was like a trans it's like it's like a transitional point from Arctic Monkeys going from like a pop punk type of uh uh group mm-hmm. to like a full blown like art house band. Yeah, because you can see that in the beginning, like their first two albums, like AM definitely is kind of like this more like grungy type of yeah, like underground. And they've completely just the like disassociated that like mm-hmm. entirely. And this album is it's like a light like a it's a very, very light concept album. Mm-hmm. Like it's all about like obviously Tranquility Base Hotel is like the the moon landing area. So like there's like a big element of like space and travel. But then it's also like like an album about like like Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino is a location on the moon where mm-hmm. like all of these like ex rock stars and stuff all live and like they're living out their twilight years on this on this hotel Hmm. and and it's just so strange like the song structures there's like some of the song most of the songs don't have like a structure Mm -hmm. and they almost feel like more like alex turner the lead singer kind of just like rambling over a really beautifully um like uh what would you call it it's like it's kind of like lounge jazz Mm -hmm. Like it's it's just so it's got like this seventies aesthetic like all kind of like how it. the Doors did it where it's like Jim Morrison would literally yeah. just do spoken poetry exactly over exactly music. and that's kind of what it feels like there's a little bit more structure to it mm-hmm. but like the choruses are very strange and if you go into it understanding that it's kind of more of a concept album more than just a straightforward like album album then I think that there is there's a lot more enjoyment in there and then also the instrumentals like they're they're gorgeous they really are they're beautiful and i think that since you like more of like the like the smooth jazz mm-hmm. you this would, might be i think, I think you might at least appreciate the music aspect of it because it's just really beautiful mm-hmm. and and also like just like there's some really cool grooves and everything just like i said it feels like it's all just like dipped in like 70s like acid and just like <laughs> it just comes out like scuzzy and like just like i don't know it's just really really they put down for the most part like the electric the electric and went more like piano and and like i said it's just like lounge jazz mm-hmm. and i don't know it's just got a really cool like aesthetic to it so i'm gonna say i recommend it even though i hated it for like three years <laughs> <laughs> i'll check it out because i'm looking for like new music right at this point anyways yeah. so uh that's my recommendation zach cool. what are we doing next so for our next movie discussion i want to talk about why video game movies are horrible <laughs> <laughs> okay cool why do they always fuck up <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, Zach, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, I am not well.